0: Greetings, humans. You have entered the Command Zone, your destination
1: for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay.
0: I can see clearly now the rain is
1: gone. I can see all obstacles in my way.
0: Doom ba doom ba doom ba doom ba doom it's gonna gonna be a bright 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 bright, sunshiny day because four colors are here for commander that's a good one (laughs) what's up everybody you're listening to an episode of the command zone i'm your host jimmy wong how
1: is it it's josh lee kwai boy we're happy
0: yeah it's the time of year where we get to talk about commander product that is officially released by wizards of the coast will it have been released yet yes Sure. <laughs> I think it's not. I think it comes out on the 11th. D- yes, you're right. I believe it comes out on the 11th or the 12th. So it's going to be out this weekend. Uh, all the cards have been spoiled. It's very, very exciting. Um, and we're going to be doing this for every single deck. So this episode is all about the Atraxa deck, uh, also the Breed Lethality deck. Uh, and we're going to go through and break down every single one of the decks. So if you guys want to see the other ones, the episodes are going to be coming out this week, next week, and then believe the week after. We're separating them all. We usually we used to do two in an episode, but now we're doing one per. Every single one of these episodes will cover what you need to improve the deck, what we think of the deck as it stands, uh, and also cards that we would recommend putting into it and taking out. So it's a pretty comprehensive look inside the deck. It's by no means a final comprehensive guide to upgrading it. But right, it's, a it's start. like a
1: quick upgrade. It's like uh, if you take the pre-con... And then you just want to quickly add like ten cards or so, just to not fully tune, but just tune it up a little bit. Yeah, uh, this is a good way to go, uh, and it's a good over. It's a good overview of each deck and sort of what the decks are trying to do because there's like there's four different new legendaries, two you know three partners and one four color. Yeah, and so there's, there's a lot
0: going on in all these decks.
1: Yeah, it's like who should I run as the lead singer and what exactly is the deck trying to do? What's the strategy of the deck? This will be a good way to find that out. Yep. And a good way to purchase these decks, once you figure out which one or more than one, like if you're like us, I think you're getting all of them, right? I'm getting all oh, of them. Oh, yes. Uh, then you're going to want to pre-order them still at this point. Or they might be out, and you can just straight up order them from cardkingdom.com. In fact, we had a Twitter follower tweet this at us just today. It's from Crab Goddess, which is at Kawaii Apple. Oh, Kawaii, local. How's it? Shaka. I think that. Kauai means cute in Japanese, actually, not the island of Kauai. Oh, really? Sorry. Okay. So, cute crab apple. <laughs> you're right, because Kauai is not even spelled right. As a Hawaiian, I should have I noticed that right away. I mean, spelled right if you're Hawaiian. It's probably spelled right if you're <laughs> Japanese. Oh, I'm just stepping. Okay. Crab Goddess says, that moment when the C16 pre-con you want is cheaper on Card Kingdom than anywhere else. Thanks, Command Cast, for the recommendation. That's right. And you can actually buy the cards off
0: of Card Kingdom by using our affiliate link by going to cardkingdom.com slash commandzone. It'll let us know and let them know that we sent you there, and it's a great way to show your support for the show. So make sure you guys check it
1: out, cardkingdom.com slash commandzone for all of your commander needs. And you may want to pick up this deck we're about to talk about, which is called Breed Lethality. That's my favorite name of the bunch, by the way. Really? Yeah. I like it too. And it is... Well, Atraxa is
0: on the front. Yes. So before we get into it, let's talk about Atraxa. So this is the Red List deck. It's interesting because I chose this deck to talk about, and it doesn't have my token color.
1: Trader, you know, I think we've rec- we've we've successfully pulled you out of like fully, Mister Red. You're like Jimmy the Confused. I'm Jimmy the,
0: like, Tangerine. I'm, like, (laughs) not all the way there. (laughs) So Atraxa is green, white, blue, and black, four total, for a 4-4 legendary creature, Angel Horror, that has Flying, Vigilance, Death Touch, and Lifelink, and the extra text at the beginning of your end step, Proliferate. So you choose any number of permanents and or players with counters on them, then give each another counter of a kind already there. So this goes for plus one, plus one counters.
1: This goes for poison counters
0: counters yeah if you're playing infect
1: charge counters charge counters um just storage counters on lands mm -hmm. or or counters on like i don't know astral cornucopia what's that called like just says put counters on there and tap for as much mana as you got counters yeah so if it says counter you get to essentially add another one you're proliferating loyalty
0: counters yeah planeswalkers so uh it's very interesting the this is the lead singer as we like to say uh, of this deck uh, however, there are a lot of legendary creatures in all of the decks, including the new ones that say partner, which means you can include this with another commander that says partner on it. So we're going to go through those really fast. The first one is Rayhan, leader, uh, last of the Abzan, not leader. He's the last she's one. Like, yeah, she's pretty, screaming. Yeah,
1: she is mad,
0: I think, at Silamgar. Yeah. So one black and a green for a 0 legendary creature human warrior. Rehan enters the battlefield with three plus one plus one counters on it. Those can get proliferated. Whenever a creature you control dies or is put into the command zone, if it had one or more plus one plus one counters on it, you may put that many plus one plus one counters on target creature. So if Rehan herself dies or any of the creatures on your battlefield dies while she is out, those plus one plus one counters you got to choose and move to somewhere else. They need to die,
1: they can't be exiled. So if they enter the graveyard. Except for if Rehan's your commander. Uh, or a, or a creature with a plus one, plus one counter is your commander, then you can choose to put it in the command zone when it gets exiled, right? Mm-hmm. And it, this card is interesting because it says "Or is put into a command zone. Right. That's so, the only
0: exception yeah. uh,
1: because technically you could choose to send Reyhan to the graveyard,
0: but because it, you get to choose where they go when your commander dies, it's going into the command zone. So it has to have that extra text there. so that Reyhan also triggers off her own ability, which is really neat. I wish Marchesa said that.
1: I know, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Marchesa
0: needs to be a lot more strong than she is, but I do wish that I'll take it. All right, another uh, another one of the partner cards is Ishai Ojutai Dragon By the way, there is a ton of cards from Tarkir, uh, the realm of t- the the plane of Tarkir, that are in these sets, which is really cool. Two a white and a blue for a one. Oh, I'm sorry. Rehan also has partner on it, which says you can have two commanders of both a partner. All right. Ishai Ojutai Dragon Speaker. Two, a blue, and a white for a 1 1, legendary creature Bird Monk. Flying. Whenever an opponent casts a spell,
1: put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on Ishai Ojutai Dragon Speaker. So, With partner we, as well. We talked about this last week. This is like Mana Gorger, Hydra, and a few other cards that are like this. Grows out of control really fast, has flying. If it's one of your commanders, will do deal commander damage. We've been asked this question a few times on Twitter. So, just to, for clarity, when you have two of the partner commanders in your command zone, they actually separately keep track of their own commander attacks and their own commander damage. They don't add commander damage together, and they don't add commander attacks together. Right. They keep You keep track of them separately.
0: Yep, so Ishai is four mana for a 1-1, one, one, but gets out of control very quickly. However, it's just a regular flyer. It doesn't have, like, proof or something else that I'd be looking for on this commander to really sort of take it over
1: the top. If you want to run the partner commanders, you have to run Ishai straight out of this box because... You're going to want all four colors. That's how the deck is built. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other two are both Golgari. They're both green, black, so you would have to choose between Rehan and this next one. Yeah, you want to read the last one? Sure, it's Ikra... Oh, sure, give me this one. Ikra Shadiki, the Usurper. <laughs> I think that's right. Probably, it probably isn't, but whatever. I mean, three, Ikra Shadiki sounds right to me. It looks right, too. Ikra Shadiki, the Usurper. <laughs> it's three a uh, black and a green... For a 3-7, legendary Naga wizard has menace. 3-7 menace. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you gain life equal to that creature's toughness. No Whoa. wonder it's a 3-7.
0: Yeah. So, so this obviously likes big butts, and it cannot lie. If this hits someone, you gain seven life because it's a three-seven, and it has partner. But yeah, if you want to have the access to the full four colors, if you're buying this precon and you don't want to use uh, a track set, you're gonna have to combine Ishai with either Rehan or Ikra Shadiki, the usurper.
1: It's interesting because, like I said, you have to run Ishai, and you have to choose one of the other two. But Ishai works really well with either of the other two. So with Rehan, Ishai gets plus one, plus one uh, counters. So Does do the thing where the counters sort of stay when Ishai dies, you put them on another creature, Mm -hmm. and then Ikra, because Ishai is sort of evenly right, she'll be like a five five six six seven seven or whatever. You'll gain a lot of life for the toughness because the toughness grows also on Ishai. So, pretty cool. Yeah, I like. I I don't think we're using any of these though.
0: No, I mean I think they're in the deck. Right, they're in the deck for me. Like Ishai is just way too fragile as a one one that has no kind of protection around it, and Rehan is great but after you cast her and she gets removed five mana for a three three with the effect on it then seven, you know it's just it, it doesn't work that well as opposed to just attracts herself that just has proliferate and she wants to beat just beat down super hard and i think all these cards do a really good job of being in the the 99 for true because
1: ishai and Rehan both get counters mm-hmm. so the proliferate will work well on them uh Ikra Shadiki, not so much. Yeah. Not to mention, if you put plus one, plus
0: one counters on uh, Atraxa, if Rehan is out, if Atraxa dies, then oh. you still get that ability because it's if any creature you do, control dies, always put into the command zone. So Rehan doesn't need to be your commander for that ability to affect it. Just has to be out. Yep. Uh, there's also a couple of other uh, legendary cards in here that are reprints. Voral of the Whole Clade. Uh, this card is one of the more, I think,
1: powerful cards in, I've seen a lot of commander decks built around Voril. Josh Kim in our play group has a very strong Voral deck. Yeah. It's, it actually reminds me of what this deck's going to be with a lot of sort of accounting and yeah. pulling off some crazy stuff with counters you're like wait what oh no i've been calling this math
0: traxa in my head or a trax, or a math i don't know a so counting traxa yeah counting traxa so Voral says one a green in the blue for a one four and you can pay green and the blue and tap him for each counter on target artifact creature or land to put another one of those counters on that permanent so no planeswalkers here but uh it does essentially do proliferate uh, at instant speed for, for one target, is that right? Uh, no, no, for each counter on target artifact, yeah, or land. I yeah. mean, it's for one thing, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can only choose one thing. So, so it's not as powerful as, uh, as proliferate, but you get to choose one. It's still pretty good. Yeah, the other reprint, which is notable, I don't think this card's been reprinted since its original printing in the original commander set. It's Gave, Guru of Spores,
1: one of Craig Blanchett's favorite commanders. You want to read them? Sure. Gave, Guru of Spores, two and what is that? Abzan. It's a zero, zero, fungus shaman. Gave enters the battlefield with five plus one, plus one counters. You can pay one to remove a plus one, plus one counter from a creature you control and put a one, one green Sapperling creature token onto the battlefield. Or you can pay one, sacrifice a creature and put a one, one counter on target creature. So Gave goes infinite with a lot of things where you're sort of taking off and putting on counters for like, you know, if you can get value out of doing stuff like that, creating guys, whatever, you can often kind of get in these loops where you're creating infinite amount of guys or put making a guy infinitely large kind of thing. Kavi is very, very strong. Also, you know, Craig will sometimes use him to kill you with infect. Yeah, and the fact that he removes 1-1
0: counters from uh, any creature you control is really powerful. Uh, this deck, uh, if we look inside it, so what we do is we always break down what's inside all the precons and sort of give some statistics about what's in
1: there and what you can sort of look out for when you're looking through the deck. We need like a sort of segment... Separating like thing for stats, like stats. Yeah, the word stats. Like, yeah, stats, 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 stats. stats. That was it right there. Just replay all right. That so every we're moving there. on to
0: our stats. I feel like the camera should be like doing like as we're on like a giant studio, looking at this huge screen behind us, like on the NFL stats. Network, or whatever. Yeah, stats. Um, so. In this deck, there are uh, approximately eight cards that ramp, which is way more than we've normally seen from the precons. One of the things we always talked about in the old precons is like they don't have very many board wipes, they don't have much ramp, and it's hard to play them out of the box because of these reasons. Yeah, they don't and have card, card draw.
1: Yep, all our big categories in the old precons seem to be sort of low. This one, I'm looking at the stats. Man, they did a pretty good job. Yeah, they definitely did. So a lot
0: of the artifacts in this deck ramp it. So we have a soul Ring in here. We have all three of the Signets, Golgari, Orzhov, and Simic Signet, as well as a new card like Commander's Fear, which came out last year, um, and also something like Dark Steel Ingot. And uh, Astral Cornucopia is a very powerful card in this deck. This is a card that enters with X charge counters, and you can choose a color, and you add one mana of, your color, of that color to your mana pool for each charge counter on Astral Cornucopia. And normally, this costs XXX, so if you pay three mana, it's a one-mana rock. If you pay six mana, it's a two-mana rock. However, lots of ways to proliferate and make this a huge mana rock. So that's the kind of effect they're going with here for the ramp, is I think every one of these decks has all the Signets. However, in the green deck, I saw zero cards that ramp lands, which was a little
1: worrying to me because that's a much safer way to ramp your mana, I think. Yeah, we talked about that before. It's kind of the loophole in the format. Lands are safe generally because people don't play a lot of mass land destruction, whereas Blast is just a very common card that can be played. So sometimes you go Signet, Signet, play something, then they Blast and your ramp's gone. I mean, Signets are still great. I think Signets are actually awesome and better mm-hmm. than most people think, but they are a little bit more vulnerable than land ramp. So if you have green, that's one of the things you can do early on is just replace some of your ramp with with green ramp that puts lands into play.
0: Yeah, I would 100% try and maybe add a little bit of that in here. It also fixes your mana for usually a color that you know you want. These four color decks are gonna have the issue where you're gonna need to have a certain color but you can't have access to it. Uh, because your Golgari Signet doesn't make the blue you need or whatever. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, th- But still, eight ramp cards. Great. And uh, one of the new creatures in the deck also ramps, which uh, we'll talk a-, a lot more about later. It's called Crystalline Crawler. This card's sweet. Yeah, the card is real- Actually, we'll just read it now. So it's four mana for a 1-1, one, one, but it has Converge. And it enters the battlefield w- with a plus one, plus one counter for-, for each color of mana spent to cast it. So it could become a 5-5 five, five if you use four different colors. You remove a plus one, plus one counter from the Crystalline Crawler to add one mana of any color to your mana pool, and you can tap it to put a plus one, plus one counter on it. So at instant speed, when this comes in, you can use it to generate four mana, immediately getting... And it the- doesn't die. And it doesn't die, because it's a one-one. It's not zero-zero like a lot so of creatures are. So it can still
1: are. sort of tap for mana after that. It, this card is very good, because just being able to sort of save your mana from turn four, and now on turn five, you have nine mana available mm-hmm. is so powerful, because playing a nine-drop that early can be really tough to deal with and that's if you don't have any other ramp
0: yeah pretty powerful i, I think this may be one of the best mana rocks wizards has printed for a format like commander because we love playing five colors and also there's a lot of ways to abuse plus one one plus counters, as we will see inside this deck ton of card draw there are seven different cards that do card draw and not just like oh this comes in the battlefield and draws one card no we're talking cards that draw you like That can draw you up to, like, five cards at once. Um, There's a couple that, because this deck is very much about going wide with creatures, there's one that draws you cards just when a creature with a plus one, plus one counter on it deals combat damage called Bread for the Hunt. There's also a card like Fathom Mage, which whenever a plus one, plus one counter is put on it, you draw a card, and it has Evolve on it as well. So I love that card. I do, too. I think the card's the perfect fit for this kind of deck. Now, normally... I think of this deck as Obzon plus blue, Mm -hmm. Uh, and blue. Obzon's great, but there's not a lot of card advantage that you can really get out of Obzon decks. Usually, usually do like a bunch of creature recursion, like we had that corridor episode with Corbin recently. But adding the blue really, I mean, it creates your favorite color combination, which is green and blue, and the amount of ways you can draw cards to it is now like just through the roof. So it's really cool. I'm glad that they they
1: added this in here. It's going to make the decks like, play a lot better and be more consistent just with that amount of ramp and draw, so that's great. Yeah. It there, also means we don't have to waste a lot of time on the show being like, add in card draw and mana, because it's boring to say that add in Rhystic Study every time. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. The deck also runs cards like
0: Tezzeret's Gambit, which is a very perfect fit. It's three and one Phyrexian blue mana uh, to draw two cards and then proliferate. So there's obviously a huge plus one, plus one counters matters theme in the deck, and there are seven different card draw spells just to help that out. Here's the, mo- the most important one. There's six board wipes or board wipe effects in this deck. That's, I, again, great.
1: I remember the average being close to one or two, two. Yeah. <laughs> in the
0: last uh Yeah, in the last, last couple.
1: Yeah, so they've really gone up. And I'll say ahead of time, just as a spoiler alert, uh, for the deck I did, the same sort of ratios are holding true. I think they made a concentrated effort to up these categories. So I don't want to take credit for them doing that. I'm just saying... I think they're moving in a really good direction as far as making these a little bit more competitive out of the box by filling the, you know, card draw ramp and board wipe category and this next category.
0: Yeah, and I mean the cool thing about the board wipes that they also include is they're all very thematic for this deck. Like Fester Creep is a one in a black zero zero that comes into play with a plus one plus one counter on it, and then you remove a plus one plus one counter from an instant speed for one in the black, and all their creatures get minus one minus one until end of turn. So you can stack up the counters on this and remove a ton of counters, and do a very specific targeted board wipe that is in theme with the plus and plus encounters of the deck. Pretty cool. Pretty cool, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, next category, single target removal. This uh, There are three different ways to single target remove something in this deck. Um, as you would expect, Mortify and Putrefy are both sort of mainstays of Obzon decks. Uh, and then there's also just randomly a Disdainful Stroke, <laughs> which... Isn't single target removal, but it's really interesting to see a random counterspell next to a Mortify or a Petrify. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, you know, that's, that, that's a little low, maybe. It's a like little three, low. Yeah. It's definitely something I would add in. For, for, so they didn't have Swords to Plowshares or Path to Exile in this deck, and those are both, as we all know, very good cards yeah. in EDH. Yeah. Now, here's
1: the big one cards that care about plus one, plus one matters. Wow. 27. So that's a big sign that's blinking and saying, this is what the deck wants to do. Yeah, because
0: specifically because like there are 38 lands in this deck, so 27 so, of the remaining 62 cards, that's almost 50% of the deck is all about plus one, plus one counters.
1: It's still blinking the sign. Still yeah. Gone. But oddly enough, there are only four cards that say proliferate on them. It's interesting. It does make sense a little bit, though, because your commander will say proliferate. Mm-hmm. So... um you always have one. You so always you don't have need one. as much redundancy. I, I think four kind of feels low, um, but yeah. but you, you like if you had it the other way around, where you had twenty-seven proliferates and only four plus one plus one <laughs> counters matters, then your the, your deck's not going to go because you know you always get a proliferate, so you might have like seven proliferate things and right. nothing to proliferate. Yeah, very
0: interesting actually. So what does this tell us? Uh, this deck, I think, definitely is pretty focused. It wants to be creature based and attack damage heavy. Almost every single card has some synergy with plus one, plus one counters, or wants the card to be bigger, or wants the card to just to be a beater, uh, and it wants to give them counters, place them on other cards, or move them, or count how many there are for additional effects. Uh, there are actually a few combat-based enchantments that are very much like, hey, if you're attacking with a creature, then good for you, because that's what this deck wants you to do. And normally those cards, I think, are just pretty bad, unless you're like a token strategy. But in this case, when every single one of your creatures is terrifying, it's a good sign.
1: It's a good sign. Yeah,
0: so otherwise it's like got a great removal package, six it's to like seven sign. board wipes, yeah. This
1: is the neon sign. Neon sign. Plus, plus one, one, plus, plus one counters. counters.
0: Find them here. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the Atraxa for a second. Um, now, outside of being a very powerful creature for just four mana, it proliferates at the beginning of your end step. So I think the power level is super high, but proliferating once per turn at the end of your turn seems to kind of defeat the purpose of wanting to be a deck that beats down.
1: Because it happens, like, yeah. yeah, it's hard to sort of get them in the way. Like, they'll see everything because you do it at your end step. Then they can see it during combat. It's mm-hmm. not like, yeah, it's interesting. I do like that it does it at your end step, though, because you, you get it on the first. Like, it'd be also worse to play a Atraxa, not proliferate until your next turn, and a Atraxa gets removed, and you never right. got the proliferate thing. Yeah, so you definitely at least get to trigger it once before, usually
0: before it gets removed. However, I think... Her ability is really good, but the, it makes the deck really vulnerable to board wipes. Um, just because you play all your creatures out, you're ready, and then you drop a track so you proliferate your creatures are huge because you pass the turn. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. have to wait for it all the way to come back around. True. It also kind of removes like um, flash shenanigans because you flash something in at the end of your opponent's turn, right before yours, but you don't get to proliferate on it, so it's not as powerful as it could be. But Regardless, Atraxa is still a nutty commander, I think. Um, Because Proliferate's really fun, it's pretty powerful.
1: And if you wanted to build this Voltron, she could just come in and just beat down. I mean, Atraxa, as a creature by herself, very strong. Yeah. She's got a ton of abilities, is a 4 4 4 4, and probably adds some other things to the board, like, you know, puts a counter on your Astral Cornucopia and, you know, puts another counter on, you know, a couple of guys. So, yeah. So, um, in terms of ramp and card draw, I already talked about this. There's
0: only artifact based ramp, uh, specifically the signets. So there's nothing spell based in one conditional card, which is that crystalline crawler. This feels low. I think it's fragile. I think in general people are keen to be removing signets and stuff if they can with a, something like vandal blast. So I would recommend in this deck, just like look at your favorite kind of like sp- spell based ramp. Cause this is green. You've got explosive vegetation. You're going to want to fix your mana as well. Um, so, I would just be careful, I think, moving into the meta with one of these decks because any deck that's, like, prepared to get rid of artifacts might just hose you because you all of a sudden can't cast your cards anymore. Um, All right, board wipes and single target removal. We've broken the mold. We did it. Thank you, Wizards. Six board wipes, a lot of different ways to do it. They have Merciless Eviction, so you can exile stuff, or you can minus X, minus X with cards like Bane of the Living or Languish. So they give you a lot of different options to remove stuff. Let's talk about the best cards in the deck. First up, we already mentioned it, Fathom
1: Mage. The card's really good in general. It's going to be great in a deck like this because mm-hmm. it makes Atraxa say, when uh, draw two cards, add, uh, add the text draw two cards to Atraxa, right? Because Atraxa comes in, Fathom Mage evolves, you draw a card. And then on the end step, you proliferate, draw another card. Yeah, and that's just like super powerful because you can combine this with you know cards
0: like Thrumming Bird that just like. Hit you for one in the air. Someone's not going to have a one-one, and then you get to proliferate, which is pretty darn good. Uh, you also get to combine this with cards like Master Biomancer, which mm-hmm. each other creature you control enters the battlefield with a number of plus one, plus one counters equal to Master Biomancer's power. So all of a sudden, you're just adding counters left and right.
1: With Gave, two mana, draw a card. Yeah. Because you remove a counter, put uh, make a creature, then take that creature and put a counter on Mage.
0: Yeah, Mage I think, works just great as something that wants plus one, plus one counters, and gives you one of the most powerful effects in the games, which is draw a card. And that's why Gave is also one of the best cards in the deck. Like, this card does literal everything that you want it to. You get to make tokens to block with, or you can just pay one man to sacrifice any of your creatures if it comes a target removal, and you get a plus, a plus one, plus one encounter on someone else. So you can you can kind of save a creature by, by having it put utility somewhere else. Um, the card's really, really good. That's why decks are entirely built around it. Yeah um and then there's also uh as we mentioned earlier crystalline crawler and of course deep deep glow skate oh yes let's talk about deep glow skate yeah so this is the
1: what doubling season fish double fish yeah people call it double fish someone tweeted at me bubbling season which i thought was really cute (laughs) bubbling season yeah (laughs) so it's four and a blue for a fish three three when deep glow skate enters the battlefield Double the number of each kind of counter on any number of target permanents. Wow! So you get to choose, and you can do all of them, and you can even do your opponents if you feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, it, this is the big card from the set that everyone's talking about. This is the deck that it's made for because it's there's tons of plus one plus one counters running around. There's counters on you know things like your artifacts and stuff like that, and it just doubles them. Doubles them. It's like yeah. proliferate gives you one more. It's incremental. This is like nope. All of a sudden you've got twice as many. So think about it this way. You could play Crystalline Crawler
0: on turn, let's say, four with one mana rock out, so you actually have five mana available to you. You can like, use it to take a few counters off, and then you can just play Deep Glow Skate and just bump the mana up, or just play Deep Glow Skate the next turn, and all of a sudden you have access to eight additional mana from a Crystalline Crawler. So good. Yeah, it's really absurd, especially because every single card in this deck pretty much wants to have a plus one plus one counter on it. So mm-hmm. uh, between those three cards, I think, four cards, I think those are the absolute best cards in the deck. Now, the worst cards in the deck are the ones that just kind of make you go, eh, I'm not too scared of it. So there are cards... Things that make you go, hmm?
1: Things that yeah. make you go, hmm?
0: Like, so I Colonial Hydra, this card is unbelievable and limited. It's a five-mana, four-four trample. That's this is M14. I remember this card was amazing in M14. Limited. Yeah, it enters the battlefield four plus and plus encounters on it, and when it attacks, you double the number of plus and plus encounters on each creature you control. This sounds really great. It has trample, too. It has trample, right. So it, it's going to get in for a ton of damage, but I honestly just don't like this kind of card in the deck because it's so fragile. Again, like doubling the number of plus and plus encounters sounds great, but you have to have the cloning Hydra attack. Someone can remove it, or if it just gets blocked and killed by a Death Toucher, you're going to feel really bad. That's why Deep Glow Skate is infinitely better because it just comes in and does it and you get to choose where it gets doubled on you get to do it on Planeswalkers as well Colonial Hydra is just kind of like it's a big fatty for 5 mana and it's scary
1: it doubles all your 1-1 counters on your other guys though
0: yeah I mean here's the thing if you want to go 100% in the direction of just straight combat then this is I think definitely not one of the worst cards it's one of the better cards however I've played enough games of Commander to know that just doing straight combat is, isn't going to win you the game, especially when... If this deck has six board wipes and you play this in the field against everyone else, your Kalolion Hydra is going to be great for one turn only. Before It's like one of those cards that says, oh, it's time to use that board wipe I've been waiting for. Yeah, you know? no one's going to let you attack with it. Not to mention if it doesn't have haste and you have to wait for the turn cycle. you know. So it's, it's just kind of like, oh, it's right there on the edge. But I think the more combat-based strategies are good, but it's not the way you want to win. It's just by... Swarming someone with a bunch of big guys because Colonian Hydra has trample, but your other creatures don't necessarily have it. So if you hit someone for like 10, they're gonna go take 10, Borblight, <laughs> and uh, just six for one to you, or however much extra you want to add onto a card because it had plus one plus and counters on it. All right, uh, duelist heritage. This card is just pupe scoop. Two and a white for an enchantment. Whenever one or more creatures attack, you may have target attacking creature gain double strike until end of turn. Now, you may say, oh, you can wah, do it wah. to their creatures so you can mess up other people's combat. But it only does one creature. Yeah. Now, if you're trying, again, so if you're trying to go specifically like Voltron, this could be
1: better in the deck. I think if you're running a Shy, mm-hmm. this card's a lot better. Right. The um, 1 1 flyer. Yeah, because the 1 1 flyer that like, gets huge. Be- because again, you're trying to like commander damage them out, but this is not like going to be a deck where a Trax is going to kill them, you know, most likely, so it just isn't high impact enough, yeah, it, it doesn't do enough. If I would like we to can see play cards that give all your creatures double strike, yeah, and I w-
0: but I would like to see a card like this get played and see if it affects certain matchups. Because if everyone else is playing Voltron, then you choose, like, like, oh, I'm gonna swing at you. Like, I'm gonna give that creature
1: a double strike. It's true. <laughs> it, it would change a lot of things that people have to do. It'd be harder to just take damage from stuff. Yeah. I, but but is that worth a card to you, to have that sort of little bit of fun playtime out there? You know, people are gonna be able to deal with that, I think. Usually decks are built to deal with, like, one creature coming at them. Yeah, I would, it, I would like to see someone
0: play it. And see how it turns out because I think it just it's very dependent on the decks going around.
1: But I think in in Idris it would probably be good. I'll, he's whitelist, so you can't run it, but uh, that's a deck where you you actually want your guy to have double strike. Mm-hmm. So uh,
0: another card I don't like: Enduring Scale Lord. Again, just a big fat dragon that is four green and a white for a four-four, but whenever one or more plus-one, plus-one counters are placed on another creature you control, you can put a plus-one, plus-one counter on Enduring Scale Lord. If you have two of these out, they just bounce off each other and go If infinite. you had
1: clones, a bunch of clones, maybe you could try that. It just doesn't seem... I mean, I guess an infinitely large dragon is pretty good. Yeah. Because you could try and get the clone... Get Enduring Scale Lord out, wait for a rotation of the table, cast the clone, and then put a plus-one, plus-one counter, in which case the first scale lord can't attack this turn Mm -hmm. but that's just a lot to do the deck's not doing that
0: yeah so what happens is they see the other counter get placed on the other one and then it places one on and then it sees that and so it goes back and forth and you can make them infinitely large but again a lot of single target removal in the format a lot of stuff that just says oh you're trying to kill me with one thing this deck can't have two of those anyway so
1: yeah I mean, there's no there's no clones,
0: right? Yeah, so. there is a card called Mirror Weave in here that each other creature becomes a copy of target non-legendary creature until end of turn, which is kind of funny. So you can make an army of Enduring Scale Lords. That's pretty good, but I don't know if it's worth it for one card. Yeah, exactly. I think this deck wants to be a little... I, I think the way to really make this deck better is just to make it a little trickier than what it is on the surface, which is just like beating in with stuff is great, but that's not going to win you as many games as having just a little extra edge on it. Um notable reprints all the lands in this deck. Murmuring Bosk, Sungrass Prairie, Underground River and Darkwater Catacombs are all great lands
1: for any EDH deck. The land bases from each of these are a big reason to buy all of them because you're just going to be able to build like a lot of multicolor decks some you know people ask me all the time, I wonder why about building mana bases <laughs> for five color, you know, and how they do it without owning all a lot of the lands. Well, this will give you a lot of the important lands that you need to do stuff like that. So yeah, I love the lands in all of these decks. Yeah. So out of the box,
0: um, I think the deck is very powerful, uh, but it's a fairly linear deck. So it wants to put guys on the ground, it wants to give them a ton of plus and one, plus encounters, one occasionally get some synergy by drawing off of them, and then use a card like Obzon Falconer, two in a white. Each creature you control with a plus, one, plus one counter, and plus encounter it has flying. Or Tuskar Captain, which says the same, but for Trample. And it wants to use one of those guys to be a lord for all your creatures. Send them to the air, send them all be Trample, and then you can run over someone and proliferate and do it again the next turn. But it feels particularly weak to board wipes as well as like prison effects. Mm. If someone just plays a ghostly prison out, this deck all of a sudden looks a lot worse against it. Um, And blue does not seem to really factor into what... The deck wants has in it right like it's got all these colors but when i look through the deck i didn't see much blue i saw a much higher emphasis on the obzon side of the deck so i think the the way that i wanted to improve this deck was focus what it wants to do with the plus one plus one counters. add a few win conditions that don't rely on combat and because it's already so creature heavy like let's continue down that path and let's set up a board wave, board state that can guarantee you a big flashy wins with creature creatures but not necessarily in combat
1: So I would say, because it's interesting that you say that, and if you're going to take these, we're going to probably do this, and Mm -hmm. play them right out of the box. You know, that's an interesting thing to know what the deck wants to do and sort of how to play the deck. So there's a couple of interesting points there learned, right? One is you have to watch out to not overextend yourself into a board wipe because it's going to be hard to recover. Mm -hmm. And two, with cards like Absinthe Falconer, Captain, you Captain, I would hold those cards you know, those are your secret cards that are going to suddenly, out of nowhere, give you the ability to attack. And I see this from newer EDH players more, which is they sort of play their card, play their card, play their card, and you see everything coming. Whereas a more experienced player would be like, okay, I put some counters on everything, and and but it's all on the ground, none of it has tramples, so nobody's that scared, and all of a sudden they go, "Absom Falconer, attack Yeah, on the same turn. And that's how you can sort of get around some of that board wipey problems and things like that and actually KO some people. So that might be a smart way to play this deck, which is you know, be very aware of what you can do that's a surprise Mm -hmm. and when you need to do it. Yeah, so a card like
0: getting a a universal haste enabler I think is pretty important for this deck. Uh, So so for win conditions, I added in a card like Marionette Master, which is uh, four black black. It just came out in Kaladesh. It's a 1-3 with Fabricrate 3, so when this creature enters the battlefield, you can put 3 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it, or you can create 3 1-1 one, one colorless servo artifact creature tokens. Whenever an artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, target opponent loses life equal to Marionette Master's power. So if you have a sack outlet and you wanted to be like, all right, I'm going to try and use Marionette Master as kind of way to win, you get her out there, you make her into like a 20 power creature with all your proliferate. And then you just sack a few tokens or find a way to sack cards with, like, Gave or whatever. Or you have these little servos that are lying around. Or you just have a card that can get rid of Sacrifice or, you know, the best part is ac- you can uh, swing in artifacts. with, like, you can make your 1-1 servo into, like, a 10-10 and just start swinging at people. And if they don't block, they take 10. If they block, they get drained 40 or whatever, you know. so I like it. Marrying that master, I think, is one of those ways to sort of get around, like, hey, what are you going to do? You're not going to block me, are you? And so it puts them in a really tough position. Um, another card that I think would work really
1: well in this deck is Gerard. Um, we should say we're on the cards you should add section. Yes. It's not in there yet. These cards are not in. We're now moving on to the part where we're talking about what we think you should put in. And, and if you look in the show notes for this show and all the shows like this, we're going to have sort of a comprehensive, these are the, I don't yeah. know, 15 cards you should add. And these are the 15 cards we think you should take out as sort of a quick upgrade to the deck. Yeah, so Gerard Golgari,
0: Lichlord, black, black, green, green for a 2-2. It gets plus one, plus one for each creature card in your graveyard. More importantly, one black and a green sacrifice another creature. Each opponent loses life equal to the sacrificed creature's power. So this to me is like, hey, you're going to board wipe. Hey, you're going to try and get rid of my big beater. Well, guess what? All of a sudden, everyone's going to lose 5, 6, 10, 11, 12. Um, Pretty impressive. Combine this with uh, Marionette Master and all of a sudden you can sacrifice those little servos and drain people from Marionette Master's life total. So, uh, I mean, her power. So I think what you want to do is find ways to get people low and then finish them off with a card like Gerard or Marionette Master. It's
1: another card you can play once you have enough mana and surprise people. They think they have whatever under control mm-hmm. and they don't see this angle of attack coming because it's not co- creature combat. Yeah, and you can also sack a swamp and a forest to get Gerard from your graveyard to
0: your hand. So like this card has it all for this deck. I think it has the ability to really just finish the game off. So As do cards like Akroma's Memorial and Eldrazi Monument, which I've talked about in my token deck. These are cards that just shoot your guys up to the air and just make them... Give them haste. Give them haste and just... They wreck face.
1: Yeah. Akroma's Memorial, when you're in a combat deck that doesn't have red, you're going to run it so often because you need the haste and there's not a lot of ways to give all your creatures haste outside of red. And um, pro-black and red, First Strike Vigilance. Like They all, they turn them into like mini-atraxas, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's seven-mana <laughs> artifact. It says creatures you control have, okay, Flying, First Strike, Vigilance, Trample, Haste, and Protection for Red and Black. So, Pretty good. And then Eldrazi Monument makes all your creatures plus one, plus one, and have Flying
0: and Indestructible. And interestingly, it also says, at the beginning of your upkeep, sack a creature if you don't sack Eldrazi Monument. So if you have Master Mar- Marionette Master out, that's Great. an artifact. <laughs> yeah, you can drain everyone that way by just choosing not to sack a creature or whatever.
1: Um, also, or it gives creature. everything indestructible, which I think is the huge thing, saving you from a lot of board wipes. Yeah, and if you have like Gave or something out, then you can just make a, a Sapperling to sack every turn if you need to. Yeah,
0: so I think those are sort of the ways that you want to get on top of everyone else. Um, and it, 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 you have a Mazarik deck. Maybe Mazarik should go into this one instead
1: oh you're setting yeah yeah that magic is there. not good so i was thinking <laughs> was like oh yeah josh always wants his magic deck to be better <laughs> maybe Na- i just turn it into a four color deck that would be the most joshling ever
0: yeah yeah i mean i would honestly look towards the precons that were released last year and see what cards you can like put into your deck mazerick is whenever a player sacrifices another permanent you put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control so fetch lands um if you make them do it with like dictative arrows and stuff gave yeah, yeah. so Pretty good stuff. You can make everyone very big. And this, to me, is much better than Colonian Hydra. (laughs) You know, like, this is the card that you want to have. Because
1: you don't have to attack it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So I said earlier, like, it it seemed like they didn't have much blue in the decks. A card like Momir Vig, I think, would be really good in a deck like this. It gives you a tutor ability that's not broken. So you could play your Demonic Tutors or whatever. But I think this is a much closer to 75% kind of card where... Whenever you cast a green creature spell, you can search your library for a creature card and reveal it. If you do, you put it on top of your library. Whenever you cast a blue creature spell, you can reveal the top of your, card of your library. And if it's a creature card, put that card into your hand. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's just kind of like got a little tutor ability onto it. It's um, a little bit worse when you have two other cr- colors because you're yeah. going to sometimes not cast those colors. Yeah, the thing is, I think for the most part, you're casting green. Uh, Obzon and yeah, green creatures. Um, And Prime Speaker Zagana as well. Oh, this card is good. Like, this is a card that's, like, a mainstay in uh, Animar decks for a good reason. Two green, green, blue, blue. It enters the battlefield with X plus one plus encounters where X is the greatest power among other creatures you control. And when it enters the battlefield, you draw cards equal to its power. So you could end up drawing, like,
1: 15 cards with this. Yeah, if you just had one really big dude, which you can because of Proliferate. At the very least, though, Prime Speaker Zagana will often just draw you, like, five or six cards, Mm -hmm. which is modest, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, I
1: agree. Um, this is sort of an innocuous card
0: that I think would go really well in this deck wall of roots. It's a great way to ramp. It's a one in the green zero five defender. And once a turn, you can put a minus zero minus one counter on it to add green to your mana pool. So it's, you'd be able to use this five times before it dies. But if you're able to put plus one plus counters on it, then then you can do it a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You could also choose to proliferate the minus zero minus one counters. I don't know why, you know, just for the lulls
1: (laughs) for the lulls. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, A card like Golgari Charm as well, I think, is really important in this. It's just a card that either gets gives all creatures minus one minus one, or you can wreck an enchantment, or you
1: can just regenerate each creature you control. So that's really good protection from board wipes. Again, doesn't do against the ones that say can't be regenerated or some some effects, but it's still surprisingly like will save you in a lot of instances. Yeah, and if you have the budget for it, doubling season of
0: course is like. Put it in there. No-brainer. Come on, yeah. Double all your tokens, as well as your Planeswalkers. As well as, yeah, 1-1 counters. A lot of people have been saying Attrax is going to be a very good Super Friends commander. Um, I disagree. You don't have Red. So, hey. (laughs) How am I going to play my Decree of Annihilation? (laughs) Wait, what? If I don't have Red. (laughs) My Super Friends deck. Okay. But you can proliferate. So, I think doubling season, of course, is just like a no-brainer, as is Parallel Lives, if you're you're trying to go that route. Um, Persist. This is a whole category of cards you can go nuts with. If you have the ability to add a plus one, plus one counter, there's something in the gates that persist uh, minus one, minus one counter. So the number one card that I think is just absurdly powerful would be Glenelendra, Archmage. Oh, yeah. Three in the blue. It's a flyer. with That's to two, two. And you can play a blue to sacrifice it, and then you counter target non-creature spell. And it comes back with a minus one, minus one counter because it has persist. If you get rid of that minus one, minus one counter, for instance, in your
1: rune deck, you just flicker flick, it. It right? comes back. You can essentially
0: have Glendolinder up
1: the entire game. In this deck, you would just add a plus-one, plus-one counter. If you don't know, if a creature has a plus-one, plus-one counter and a negative-one, negative-one counter, those two counters counteract (laughs) each other, and they just both go away. So you can basically, if you're able to add a plus-one, plus-one counter to Glendolinder, you can counter any number of target non-creature spells. I guess any number that you have that Mm -hmm. amount of blue to to use for. But basically... Glenelendra in those type of decks, also in the Flicker deck, can sort of shut down the table in a lot of ways because yeah. it can just turn off most of their non-creature spells. Another way to shut down the table is Woodfall Primus, which is a
0: 6 6 with trample that costs 8 mana. When it enters the battlefield, destroy target non-creature permanent. That's everything. That's a land, that's a planeswalker. <laughs> just no, destroy not, what you want and it has persist so it technically gets to do this twice but no now with the sack outlet and the way to add plus and plus and cards, you get to do this as many times as you'd like
1: another card that's super good with kave
0: yeah ex- yo, my gosh absolutely so yeah both i mean you i would say look into persist cards if you want to add a lot more like play to the deck a lot more like ha you tried to board wipe me but i had these things that happen for instance, a Woodfall Prime survives through a board wipe, and then if you give it a plus one plus one counter, it's going to survive through another one, you know? And it, every time it survives, it destroys two things, essentially. Um, in terms of ramp, I really like Mirari's Wake in this deck. Uh, in fact, any deck that runs green and white, I think you should put Mirari's Wake in, especially if you're going the creature route. It buffs our creature by plus one plus one, and you double all your mana, essentially.
1: When you're yeah, whenever something. you tap a land for mana, add one mana to your mana pool of any type that land produced. So. You tap a mount, I'm sorry, not in this deck. You tap a forest, you get two green instead of one. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. It's one of those cards where if it lands and it lasts like two rotations of the table, that person's just probably gonna win. They just have so much more mana than everybody. They're just doing so much more stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think a big part of this deck is ramping out and getting your threats out and also being able to draw a lot of cards and then getting them back out again. Gyre Sage is like the Gaia's Cradle of this deck. Love this card. One in the green with Evolve for a 1-2. Uh, Evolve, by the way, we've, we've spoke to a lot. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield with greater power or toughness than this creature, then this creature gets a plus-1-plus encounter. One, plus one so it starts evolving and getting bigger and following yep. in the footsteps of the creatures in front of it. <laughs> Fall Primus will probably trigger every evolved creature twice. <laughs> uh, so you can tap Gyre Sage to add green to your mana pool for each plus-1-plus encounter
1: one, plus one on it. So if this is 10 plus-1-plus encounters, one, plus one you get 10 mana. I have this in my Marchessa deck, which is my plus one, plus one counter deck, and yeah, I've routinely had it be, like, seven or eight counters on it. You're tapping the creature for seven or eight mana. It's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty good.
0: Um, now, tutors, I know we are kind of split on tutors. Some people don't like to run them, but I think Birthing Pod, it's a cheap card now, uh, thanks to its banning in modern. Uh, it's a card that every green deck that's creature-based should run. It's great for triggering your persist triggers, being a sac outlet, and just sort of finding the creatures that you need for a situation, so... Mm-hmm evolving them up obviously like the gyrosage H does um and outside of that you know i think the main thing is just like get rid of the cards that are low win more cards that are like hey our creatures have vigilance when they attack um unless you're in a very specific creature meta where if you swing out you know you're going to die in the swing back usually i think what you're going to want to do with this deck is set up a lot of recursive creatures like your woodfall primuses and glenolendras sort of lock down the board, sort of counter some big plays, and then board wipe, or do a one-sided board wipe, like in Garrick's Wake, and then just swing out, kill one player, or use your Gerard Kogari Lich Lord to get rid of a single player, and sort of set up these sort of combo kills that are either based on attack or through a creature, and sort of measure out, like, who can stop me from attacking, who can stop me from doing this ability, and then be like, cool, I'm going to kill that person with attacking then, and this
1: person with this ability. Yeah, it's sort of like set up your value engine, and then make sure that that carries you through, right? So mm-hmm. make sure that it's protected its vulnerabilities, which are things like board wipes and whatnot. So play the cards that protect it, and then play the cards that allow you to suddenly burst forward with it and win, right? Things like a Chromos Memorial and stuff like that. They're like, out of nowhere, okay, I played this card, and now you know, all the counters I put on all my stuff actually do what I want, which is get through for damage. Yeah, so I think outside of the cards I just mentioned, you're going to want to add
0: in your Cyclonic Rifts Uh, cards like Triumph of the Hordes, just to get more win conditions in there. Um, Because I've learned too many times that just trying to attack people with creatures is a novel and fun way to win, (laughs) But also very high variance based on the decks you're facing.
1: We say it all the time. Just about every single deck you'll ever face will have a plan to deal with creatures attacking it Mm -hmm. because it's the most likely thing to happen. Yeah. Like it's not like they're like, well, I wasn't ready for that because nobody does that. Well, everybody (laughs) does that, so everybody's ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to have a bunch of ideas for just ways around it. Not that attacking with creatures is bad and can never work because it often does. It's just that it's good to have alternate. Uh, avenues of attack also for when, you know, they get that wall of pillow fort stuff or they get, you know, constant miss in their hand. How do you Oof. be a constant miss? You got to have a plan. Gerard.
0: Yep. <laughs> Marionette Master. Yep. So, yeah, the the deck I think is pretty powerful. Uh, I'm a big fan of it so far. I'm definitely going to, I think this is one of the first ones I'm going to try and upgrade because I did all the work already. already so, no, but I, I like token decks. I like the ideas of adding plus and plus encounters. I think you throw in some key planeswalkers in here as well and you are off to the races. A uh,
1: little known fact, a little spoiler, is that I'm going on the Commander's Brew podcast next week. I think you're going to go on soon, too. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm going to steal all your work. I'm doing the Atraxa deck on that podcast. Make sure of course, make sure- they have a budget limit, so the way we work is we can say things like a Chroma's Memorial, but they can't really do that. So Sad, because I really wanted to add this guy in there.
0: Venser the Sojourner. I'll leave it with this. The Sojourner. Sojourner, yeah. Three, bl- three white and blue Planeswalker. You get a plus two and exile a permanent and flicker it at the next end step.
1: So pretty good. I don't know. It also says negative one creatures are unblockable this turn. Hey, pretty good when you make all your creatures like twelve twelves or something. Yeah, and then in that case, I mean that's the cool thing too, right?
0: You're not a token deck where you're incentivized to swing with every single creature. You can sometimes kill someone by just swinging with three mm-hmm. and making them unblockable. With a fencer. So this
1: is another card where you drop it. You don't drop it early, maybe. You hold it, hold it, hold it, Mm -hmm. drop it, make stuff unblockable. They didn't see that coming, and they don't have a way to deal with it. And it's Uh, just a handshake GG. It's all over. It's all over but the crying.
0: Yeah, and speaking of it all being over, we're going to move on to the end step here. Oh, wait, we got
1: to the listeners. Oh, yeah, to the listeners. What card (laughs) for Atraxa did we miss? Did we not talk about? What do you think is a card that's like, oh, you have to add this card? Yeah. And again, think about it. It's got to be sort of, not with a complete overhaul of the deck. Obviously, like, you want, like, you know, awesome Planeswalkers or whatever. But to make this into a Super Friends deck requires a complete overhaul. We're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, a card you can add to the existing list and take out one card, and that card's going to be awesome. Yep. We'd love to know. Make sure you tweet us at CommandCast or
0: let us know in the comment section on YouTube or our new website, Collected.Company, where you can find all of our podcasts now. All right, we're almost done with the episode, but we have to tell you guys to remember to go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone where you can buy all of the singles we just talked
1: about for your Atraxa deck. Also, you should probably order the Atraxa deck too because if you buy the singles and then you don't have the deck, then it it won't work so good. Yeah, you'll have like the starting of a deck and everyone's gonna be like, what are those cards for? You're like, oh. Dang it, I forgot like 90% of the cards. Yeah, Yeah, so again,
0: cardkingdom.com slash command zone is where you can
1: find all of the That. All right. Now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Jimmy, we went to Rocket Jump this week and we played some board games with our good friend Matt Arnold. Yeah, including one called Junk Art. It's a super quick game, too. So at the end of the night... And this happens a lot on game nights, right? Which is like, uh, you play a game, it takes a little while. And at the end, you've got a little bit of time. But you can't play another game like you just played because you don't have two hours. Mm -hmm. But you've got like 30 minutes, so everybody can go home or you can game some more. Junk Art fits perfectly into that little slot. It's kind of like Jenga. Mm -hmm. Um, But what it has is a whole bunch... It's like Jenga and Tetris. And I don't know. It has like a whole bunch of different kinds of pieces. And you get these cards, and the cards have the different pieces on them. So and then you start to build up those pieces and you try to keep adding them jenga style yeah. to your little artist thing and so as it goes it gets harder right because your first three pieces you put them on and then you get more cards and now you've got to put somehow fit those on and some of them are like hard there's like they're balls orb, yeah. or they're cylinders or they're weirdly shaped you know stuff and it's supposed to be like as you go up it's like how there's certain points where you're like i can never add anything to this because yeah. there's no way to make these angles line up
0: Yeah, and it's cool that there are different game modes. So you go to three different cities, and each city has a different thing. So, in one, you draw three cards, and then you choose two of them to give to your neighbors that they have to use in their sculpture so you're like looking at their sculpture which is like, the worst one oh, yeah. this is gonna really mess them up but they also get to give you a card and you keep building till you know someone's falls over they get eliminated and the last person standing um you were good at this game i was not good at this game yeah i played it before and i i, I love tetris and stuff by the way like some of the art of, of what th- things people have made we'll show some in the video version of this podcast as well but it's, it's pretty hilarious yeah. yeah it's a lot of fun there's a lot of like <laughs> Like, very carefully putting things you down. You were
1: really aware of how much caffeine you've had <laughs> just before that. Because you're like, why am I shaking
0: so much? Yeah. <laughs> but it's a great game. It's beautifully designed by Pretzel Games. Uh, it's all, like, real wooden pieces. So I, I 100% would suggest this. It's two to six
1: players. It's great. It's great for, like, parties, you know, Um Around Thanksgiving, a lot of families get together. This is a great game for stuff like that. Oh, so absolutely. Junk Art, I would definitely check it out. Yeah. Something else I would check out is the Masters of Modern Podcast. Our sister podcast, Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman, they talk about modern format and all things competitive magic. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast. You can also find them on our new website, collected.company. And our editor for
0: the show is Terry Robertson, who does a great job, again, with the video podcast. Watch every card as we talked about them. Uh, it's going to be very important for these episodes, obviously. A lot of new cards. Brand new cards. So, yeah, check it out. YouTube.com slash The Command Zone Podcast. And a big thank you to Jeffrey Palmer, as always, who creates the living card animations that help button the show and make it look so, so very cool.
1: You can find them on Twitter at LivingCardsMTG. Okay, remember, there will be one more episode this week. We're going to talk about the Idris deck, which is the Whiteless deck. So make sure you tune in for that. It's gonna be a good one. All right everybody, we'll see you next time. Bye. (laughs) I messed you up. I'm supposed to say thanks for listening. Yeah, and we'll see you next time. It's all
0: over. Erase the episode. And you said bye bye. Erase the episode. It's all done. Peace.